Welcome to Barely Educated. We've had a brief hiatus while important scholarly work has been going down, but we are back today and we're here to talk bears, unfortunately. <laughs> because that's what we... Can I go back to Egypt? <laughs> <laughs> you we may were want both to. traveling, right? Yes, we were. We yeah, were. It made it too hard to coordinate. Yeah, but we're here today and uh, we're going to react to the Bears' loss to the Vikings last night. We'll probably reference the loss to the Packers two weeks ago, probably just acknowledging that it happened. But <laughs> uh, but to uh, talk about last night's game with me is the Egyptian returning archaeologist. The eminent archaeologist. Dr. Mark Jansen. Hey, Mark, good to see you. Good to see you as well. I am back. Egypt went really well. Luxor is an awesome place to visit. Anyone listening who cares, I feel safer in the Egyptian cities than I do our own. Oh my goodness. Do not be shy about going there. Although maybe wait for COVID to get figured out because that was that was kind of a, an annoying thing to deal with. But yeah, we're good. We're glad to be home. I think both of us could say that. Yes. And uh, we have two Bears games to react to. So let me take a stab at the Green Bay game, which I didn't okay. watch because I was in Egypt. Yes. The Bears lost to Aaron Rodgers, who scored 400,000 points, and Matt Nagy sucks. All right, so on to last night's Vikings game. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Woo. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Green Bay game? I mean, they started good, it looks like, on the box score. Uh, the Jakeem Grant game, you know, he had a yeah, there you go. Uh, nice punt return. First of the year in the NFL, I think. Yeah, so. only. Is he and even he's... worth a sixth-round pick? I think so. I mean, yeah. is he the gadget guy that replaces Cohen when they cut him next year? Um, probably. Probably. Because, yeah, we still don't know what's up with Cohen. Anyway. I'd like him to come back. He's a fun player, but I don't think he's going to be. I think it's I think it's 50-50 that he will prove to be worth the money after a knee injury that is taking this long to recover. Yeah. It's... And that might be optimistic, putting it in 50-50. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just with his size i mean you can't bank on him being a long-term player anyway right i mean can you i mean no you got to free up money somewhere yeah yeah so well bears last yeah bears vikings uh boy there's a few things we could discuss here (laughs) i I, I know it's going to turn into a naggy and fields podcast in short order like every other episode this year so let's start with the defense yeah um akeem hicks man when he's healthy he's a wrecker man he's oh that was so great to see him to his form that we've come to know and love and then just comments after the game where he's like i just want to play hard and say goodbye to chicago the right way and we've talked about how that you can't keep him at what he's making now He's a real dilemma, though. He he kills the Vikings, first of all. Just absolutely murders the Vikings. He loves playing against the Vikings. I'm not quite sure what the deal there is. When he's healthy, he's terrific. He misses six games a year. What's he worth, and would you pay it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I can give you an exact dollar amount, but if there's any way that they could restructure his deal – to spread money out or maybe convert some of it to signing bonus or something well he's a straight up free agent oh he is i thought you suck chris oh so is he gonna get an offer over the 12 he's making now i thought he'd be a cut no he's not gonna get paid a ton anywhere else i wouldn't think 
No, people are going to look at his injury history, right? No. They're going to say, I think it's, he's likely gone, but I think it's still possible that you could keep him on a team-friendly deal if the market breaks a certain way. Yeah. It's, it's reasonable to say he might have more value to the Bears than anyone else. Would you do like a two or three year deal at six to eight million? Oh, sure. With a signing bonus, right? Six to eight? Yeah, absolutely. Is that unrealistic? I don't uh, really know. I don't think I think so. the age, the size, and the injury concerns are going to make his market very hard to predict. Yes, I agree with that. But he played great. The oh, defense so as a great. whole played great. With yeah, hard to complain Absolutely about ridiculous COVID situation. The league should have been willing to move it to, say, Wednesday. <laughs> Because Wednesday to Sunday would be the same thing they asked teams to do playing Sunday to Thursday. They yeah. could have done it. And they would have had a game every night of the week except for Friday. Like, how could they not want to do that? <laughs> I know how. Monday night 7-15 game makes too much money. Mm. But the young guys in the secondary, there's two other players I want to give some love to, maybe three. Yes, yes. The young guys in the secondary were really good. And Thomas Graham. Oh, my gosh. He – did you see the stats on his like PFF grade? Uh-uh, PFF gave him a great grade, so we love PFF again. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, PFF. He got like a he got like the highest grade ever for a rookie corner in his debut. It was like a ninety-one point seven. He had three pass deflections. Impressive. He three. was terrific. And, and I know it's one game. Let's let's be careful. But sure, sure. But he it's flashed a, a skill set. Closing on the ball, not getting lost in zones, which is Kendall Vildor's problem. See also the wide open touchdown. Once again, Vildor doesn't know where to go in his zone, yes. right? But like Graham looked really good. And I think Graham really is good. the second or third most important player to evaluate these next three weeks. Because if that guy is suddenly a, a starting caliber player, oh, that's huge. How was he not on the field till last night? I mean, that's just a complete breakdown in coaching evaluation. Well, there is one answer to it that I don't 100% buy. Uh, let me walk you through that. So Thomas Graham sat out his last year of college because of COVID. Okay. So he hadn't played a meaningful snap in forever. So I will buy that it took a while to get him up to speed. I won't buy that it took till week 12, but maybe like week six or something. I could see that. And he did not look great in the preseason. And he was on the practice squad and nobody ever tried to claim him. Right. So like a lot of the league looked at his preseason tape apparently and thought, forget it. But young guys are hard to figure out. Like sometimes it just clicks or they get the rush shaken off. They understand the playbook and now they're playing instinctually. He did not look like a guy who was lost. No. Um, and I, I know it's only one game, but I mean, Justin Jefferson's one of the best receivers well, in the league and he was very quiet. Thing. That's the thing. He's been great all year. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has had a very good season, especially by Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, he, he tried to give you the Kirk Cousins primetime loss, but the bears were too incompetent to take advantage of it. Yes. Yeah. The the defense was fantastic. Even if you don't count all the guys out, like if the starters were all there and they played that well, we'd still be singing their praise. Yeah. That was nothing short of a remarkable defensive effort. It's gotta be Sean Desai's best game. And Thomas Graham might be a thing. It is absolutely vital that the idiots in charge of this organization insist on Thomas Graham starting the rest of the season to absolutely. evaluate him as best as you can. And even then it'll be short of sort of short. You'll need to sign a corner still, but if you could go into the off season saying we need one corner, not two or three, mm-hmm. like 
maybe he's the nickel maybe they sign the nickel i don't know but like oh that changes your offseason calculus yes it That's does a big deal potentially for a team with that needs to make a lot of roster improvements and it also suggests that Ryan Pace, oh, right. That draft gets better and better. Yes, it does. That's, yeah. And that makes that more complicated, too. Is, I know. Does he go? Can to... we? I mean, he's so bad at the rest of the job. Yes, he is. <laughs> We've talked about this a lot. Like, I really don't know. I'm, I'm totally hypocritical on this. I go back and forth every week, I feel like. But man, if he's learning to draft, if there's actually a process behind that last draft that you can actually repeat, in, you know, I mean, you're going to have some busts, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, or can we just get the guy in charge of that scouting and <laughs> keep him? Well, do you know what round pick he was off the top of your head? I, I don't remember. Sixth, fifth or sixth. I think sixth. They didn't Maybe. have three sixth members. It was Borum in the fifth and then a bunch of guys in the sixth. Newsom, mm. Graham, and I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Off the top of my head. And then Tonga in the seventh, like he's been playing pretty well. He missed a course last night. Yeah. He's replacing Eddie Goldman, by the way. They're going to mm. finally be done with Goldman. The, the shenanigans with COVID, they're going to cut him. He's mm. not even close to making what he's worth or playing That's what he's worth and paid. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it's too bad. But come on. He, I have a question about this, courtesy of Cousin Nate. Cousin Nate. Who also sent me a bunch of links for Twitter that we'll have to talk about later. Ooh. But. Uh, Eddie Goldman already missed a game from COVID, right? Mm, That sounds familiar, yes. Then how come he missed last night? Because I thought you had 90 days to where it's like, no worries, go ahead and play. Hmm. Like the rules have changed so much, I can't keep it all straight, especially just getting back from being out of the country. But he had that question. I I tried to look into it, but I didn't see anyone talking about it. So I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Either way... Eddie struggling and uh, probably gone. not playing a whole lot. And that that's a place you got to save the money, right? Yes. How about, yes. Uh, how about our old punching bag, Robert Quinn? Oh my gosh. 16 sacks now on the He's year. Break the record and he might break it in the right amount of games for it not to be like an asterisk. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Bears record, if our listeners don't know, was 17 and a half by... The great Richard Dent, my friend, in 1984. You you know, you may think 1985 is a great year, but no, it was 1984. And then the next year he had 17 even, right? That sounds correct. Sure. I think that record's going down. The way he's playing, yes. A sack and a half to three games to go, so two to break it. I feel like he's got a great chance at that. Yeah. Three games to go if you give him 17. So we all thought he was going to be cut this offseason. Like that was your window to get out from that deal. And now I'm like, nope, run it back. I still want to, I still want to try this Mac Quinn together. Yes. Thing. And if you can somehow keep Hicks, oh, that line would be, mm. it was still be good. Kiss. But the elephant in the room is if you lose Hicks, you don't have anybody in your D line in the three, four, you have your edge rushers. Yeah. Bilal Nichols has not impressed. I'm not giving him a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mario Edwards, is he your starter next year? Tonga is he starting maybe maybe but I'm just saying like even as we have to fix wide receiver and maybe corner definitely corner on some level we just don't know how many I should say you're, you're also the, the one that people are talking enough about is the D line is going to need some love because I think they're going to be cutting some of these guys or not resigning them so if you cut Goldman you don't resign Hicks you don't know what you're doing at the third spot like you might need a whole new D line maybe yeah. Tonga starts 
Maybe you do bring back Hicks and you only need one. You see what I mean? There's a lot of things up in the air at that key spot too. And it's not getting much press. And you don't, you don't have a first round pick either. No, but man, the D was, was good last night. Also Ogletree played really well. Best game he's played. Roquan did his thing and got snubbed by the Pro Bowl votes, which is also his thing for some reason. I don't get it. How does that, how? I I don't understand. Because it's based on name recognition, not the actual production. But is it because the Bears are bad that he's getting Partially, I would suppose that's possible. He is so good. I don't know how you can I don't know. Wagner always makes it and the Seahawks stink. Well, that's He was great like three years ago. Right now, he's overrated. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the Pro Bowl is a, uh, it really a is joke. a popularity contest. And, uh, but I thought for sure after his snub last year, Roquan snub last year, that he would get the year after effect that often happens I mean, with the Pro Bowl. Plenty you know? of people have been talking about how good he is. Oh my gosh. And he's, uh, I guess keep the price down. He had so many good, good tackles last night. Good plays. He's, yeah, he's a great player. But I mean, you held the Vikings to 17. They got the last – the game – turns out the game-winning touchdown was the one that the refs gift-refed for them. Can we just talk about that play with Tabor, the, the penalty on the tackle box going low? Yeah. That is one of the dumber calls I've ever seen. Even the broadcasters said that. How about the fact that the Bears have been screwed by that rule both directions in the last whatever many games? The Steelers game? Both Monday night games. Yeah. Daniels didn't even do it, didn't even hit the guy. And then last night where Tabor actually gets the tackle. Also, that's I'm not even convinced they were in the tackle box because that play was broken down. Like mm-hmm. the spirit of the rule, as the broadcast pointed out, comes into play there. This is now a cutback, cutback, cutback scenario. Like, how does that rule still apply when it's Dalvin Cook has been run all over? And he, like the only reason. It was even an issue is because he if he cut back into the tackle box. I feel like that rule needs tweaked then because that was just dumb. And again, he didn't even do it to the tackle. Like the whole mm-hmm. point of that rule is when they're engaged with linemen, not when they're all running free because of a cutback. Well, he was clearly running to try to tackle Cook. And, and he, he, got, he got the tackle. It's, yeah. The fish brutal call. Brutal. The, the one on Travis Gibson at the end of that drive, they finally showed it. Good broadcast, other than replay issues for some reason. They never did show the Montgomery fumble until after they came back from commercial, for example. But they finally showed what Gibson did, and I'm like, Gibson did, and I was like, okay, that's a penalty. That was dumb. But that first personal foul to extend that drive was the Tabor play, and that was egregious. So what I'm saying is this, of course, the the Vikings would have been playing better defense the last drive, and I, I know it's not like, oh, the Bears could have been tied. It's not that simple. But my point is, they in my mind, they kind of really only give up 10 points. Mm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I do. Yeah, 30 points on uh, personal foul penalties on that second touchdown. Right? Yeah, 30, mm-hmm. 30 yards, yeah. You yeah. suck, that Chris. It's a difference. So, but that's not the story of the game. As much as I want, I just wanted to make sure we gave the decent ones. Yeah, especially Graham. I'm with you on that, like – if that's huge, if we have him and Jalen Johnson, who can be two solid corners going forward. Yeah. And I know it's one game. I'm just saying everybody's like, that was a heck of a debut. Mm-hmm. Showed us more than Shelly or Vildor have ever shown. In, yes. in one game. Yeah. I, the, I, the stat I really liked was uh, Vildor has four passes defense this year and Graham had three last night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's whew. 
That's good stuff. All right, you want to talk Nagy in the offense oh, in the red boy. zone or Fields first, or is it going to just merge? Uh, I think they're so they're kind of yeah weave in and out of each other. Yeah. Um, but let's start with. A, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me you give you a ahead. super fun stat real quick. Okay. These things I always take with a grain of salt because it's it's you know we got to remove this game and that game and all this, but I think it's worth pointing out since the brutal beatdown in Tampa Bay. Justin Fields is pro football focus's fifth highest graded QB. Yay, we love PFF. Yay, PFF. And highest graded rookie QB. PFF. It's my quarterback. So can I just say to Dan Bernstein, who was on air earlier panicking about Fields not progressing enough, I love you, Dan. That is a moronic hot take. Did you not catch the afternoon show yesterday breaking down Bill Zimmerman's tweet about all the ways that Fields has improved every month? Like, if only there was a bunch of data that showed you that he's improving. But he's like, he's not progressing. I'm like, that is just totally ignoring all the data. And so that tweet was a quick way to reference it. Justin Fields has two problems. Okay, I guess one. Otherwise, he's progressing. Yes. What are my two problems? Uh, Protecting the ball. Yep, ball security. Fumbles Fumbles bother me way more than the interceptions. Half the interceptions are tipped or dropped. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a deep interception, that's a punt. But a yeah. fumble on a strip sack that you could have avoided is easily his biggest problem. And he was barely touched, too. <laughs> that, was, that fumble that's, was awful. Oh, that's and the screen, the screen one was bad, too. Like, he's got to get that ball out. Dumb play call in the red zone when you can't execute yeah. screens. But still, yeah. that was those are two terrible plays. So ball security, and what's the other one? They're related, uh, by the way. Um, the decision speed. The speed of making a decision. No, I think no? it's getting okay. better there. Okay. Well, it's related to playing hero ball, where he's running oh. around and spinning around, like taking a 14-yard sack. Mm. It's like, get the ball out. Yeah. So if that's what you mean, then sure. But, like, take take the single occasionally, mm-hmm. and that'll come with age. The arm is still amazing. Oh, he had some beauties less. <laughs> the, the mobility with his size is still top tier in the league. Uh-huh. We still have never had a QB quite like this. He's just a little raw still because he's a rookie. But the people panicking about him are just not, not capable of watching a game and understanding what they're seeing. Yeah, I yeah. They're just looking at numbers or they're looking at one or two plays and not realizing the bigger picture. That's surprising about Bernstein saying that this morning because he's usually more he's usually so much better than that. Maybe he's just in full COVID panic mode and it's spilling into other things. <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't know. I know. I know some people say, "Well, Justin Herbert last year had thirty touchdowns." You know? Yeah, Justin Fields so, is a bust because he didn't have the greatest rookie season ever. That's the comp. And how many? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how many drops? Oh my goodness! There's still birds dropping passes. Komet's still dropping. <sighs> One a game. He did not have a good game last one night. One or two a game. The, the, that was the worst throw Fields made, by the way, in my opinion. The one in the end zone, the end zone to commit, yes. that was a terrible ball. That, he, yeah. he shouldn't even have tried it. Uh, the, the Mooney had time to get his foot down on the one where he was almost yes, inbound with the shin, yes. and then he bobbled it. I'm like, dude, you had time to drag. Where's the drag? He overshot yeah. Mooney a little bit later, but that's a really it, high degree of difficulty. You know, it didn't look like Mooney really went up to go get it, though. Well, that's... I don't think he could, the way his momentum was going. Oh, that's just a tough yeah, play. If you're yeah, picking yeah. on fields for that throw, you're expecting perfection. Yeah. Maybe that's what some people were expecting. 
All right, like, here's some more he's, stuff. He's got to be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady his rookie season, or he's a bust. <laughs> when he has a clean pocket, his big-time throw percentage is third in the league. Wow. His turnover-worthy plays are sixth lowest. He's fantastic when his team's not falling apart around him for a rookie. Mm-hmm. I said it. He, he's still got a couple terrible things to work on. Sure. I'm not saying he's the finished product, but if your takeaway from that game is, oh, no, Fields isn't coming along fast enough, you're just not paying attention to the whole picture and you're not looking at the right data because there's tweets everywhere showing you he's got a ton of potential still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what people are looking or not looking at. I mean, um, maybe they only took three nugget. points. It was essentially three points the Bears scored last night, right? So maybe people were looking at that too and saying, Can I give you the other awesome Thomas Graham stat? Yes. Please. Circle back and then we'll come back to Nagy and Fields. Yeah. He allowed 10 yards and no first downs. <laughs> that's a day. De- that's a heck of a debut. I don't know what it means, but that's a heck of a debut. Maybe that's all it needs to mean. Heck of a debut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fields has the highest yardage totals for a rookie ever on Monday night football. Now first yeah. and second, first and second. All right. He's a Here's bust. another one for you. Bears top three receivers last night. Were do you know? Uh, Mooney. Yep. Komet. Well, I don't know if he had – at least just stick with receivers. Oh, just – okay. All right, so Mooney. I think Komet would be second, but I didn't check the box score yet. Bird. Bird. And Newsom? Did nope. he have any catches? No, he almost had the one. Jakeem Grant. Oh. Do you know what their average weight and height are? Under six. Five nine. So, it feels has to be perfect oh. with that. And their average weight is 172 pounds. Oh, okay. Again, the context is so important to trying to evaluate these kids, whether it's Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Mac Jones. You want Justin Fields to pan out, get him a real center, and yeah. get him some better receivers. Like, this is not that difficult to understand. He's playing pretty well, especially with the throwing part of the game, mm-hmm. considering what he's working with. Not a finished product, but not the problem. A lot of these same people, too, said he's going to make mistakes. Let him make mistakes this year. Get him out of his system. Then when he makes mistakes, oh, my gosh, he's not progressing. Oh, gosh. He had a great fourth quarter and a pretty good second half and a pretty meh first half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know quarterback stats, I don't really want to put too much stock in, but uh, uh, his rating was 99, I think. By the end of the 96, game, 97, whatever it okay. was, uh, 200 and close to 300 yards. Like, okay, this you want to have more than nine points with that. Um, and is uh, I think the yards per uh, attempt were 7.8, which is okay. Pretty I'd like good. to have that That's above eight. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's not so. I mean, there, there's problems, like, yes. But I just don't think they're really him. Like, I mean, other than the ball security and the, the stuff that we we're saying about, um, you know, hero ball. But he's he's definitely reacting to pressure much better than he did beginning of the season. Dude, the sky is still the limit. Yeah. I'm I'm just telling you, I would be stunned if he's a if his second year full season starting. So like throughout Mitch's first year, but uh-huh. if his second year is as bad as Mitch's, I mean, I think he's way better. Uh oh yeah so another guy that we should talk about before we get into the coaching and the red zone offense if you can call it an offense 
Tevin Jenkins. Yes. Let's talk about Tevin Jenkins. Uh, first of all, I know everyone's going to focus on the penalties, so we should, I want to start there. Okay. I thought the holding call was pretty ridiculous. The broadcast called that out. Mm-hmm. And the false start was about the smallest movement that you could ever get a call on. So I thought, like, both of those, I was like, that's pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. And I like that he went after the Vikings guy. You know? Who actually every... punched him first and got away with it. Yes, he did. And every former player that I saw every on Twitter. Every single one of them. Loved it. And that Cruz, Briggs, you name it. Uh-huh. So I thought, oh, maybe that's, uh, you know, kind of the attitude that's been missing. From the and you know we knew that he had that attitude from the Oklahoma State days, but he pancaked uh, a couple guys, shoved a guy to the ground, like right as the play was ending. At one point, this team desperately needs someone to be a little nasty. And Justin also appreciated it too. Yep. He said after the game, I I still like I think this if he can keep healthy, I still think he's going to be good too. And I go back to what Chris Long told Kyle Long about the Eagles Bears playoff game. Have you heard this where he's like, we knew we were going to win because you guys are too soft up front. Mm. And so seeing Jenkins not being a punk and not taking it from anybody, I was like, this is what this team needs. One of the things it needs, I should say. So I was all for it, even though you got also got to be smart, you know, but the the nastiness and the aggression has definitely been something they've missed. Mm. And, but again, we want to bring the data, right? We don't just want to rant about what we saw. So here you go. 81.6 81.6 pass block grade. That's good. Only two pressures allowed against That's the number good. one sack defense in the league, although I think they were missing a couple of those guys. And a 78.6 run block grade. Not too shabby for a rook. That'll, that'll play, no back. man. And basically <laughs> his second game and his first start, right? Yeah, he didn't, yeah. First he didn't start. play enough. The, the Cardinals game to count, right? I didn't miss enough snaps there, did I? He played a lot uh, against Green so. Bay and looked a little lost, and then he took a big step forward last night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to be excited about him, absolutely. Yep. And he's that other guy you, of course, need to just start every game to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Okay, we managed to put it off for however long it's been. <laughs> Nagy and the red zone offense. Oh, go! My <laughs> gosh. Well, I mean, Nagy admitted to calling plays last night, which uh, I mean was pretty obvious. <laughs> uh from the get-go but yeah i don't know what happens once they're in the red zone that it just all falls apart i mean there's no uh really no attempt to try to run the ball inside the 10 no they just give up on everything and they get cute and stupid yeah and that fourth down where they rolled fields out and it's like there's no one open and, and, and you need a yard. You have a great no, running back at mi- making the first contact miss or not tackle him. There was and you one, need one yard. There was one receiver downfield on that play. It was busted. I mean, they should have called time totally busted. Yeah, they should have. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see Justin, you know, make call a timeout there, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's yeah. totally doesn't have the growing pains, right? Can't be too hard on him there, but mm-hmm. you got to think in year two and three three and four and beyond for sure he's got to make that a timeout and i think he probably will um i thought the most telling thing about Nagy in this whole game wasn't wasn't him freaking out at the ref that was just a funny moment to me it wasn't that big of a deal although it did maybe show a guy who's normally more composed cracking under the inevitable weight of his eventual firing 
But I thought the most telling thing to me was the way they 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 move the ball when they did like hurry up stuff and the coach is out of the way, basically. Mm. And then they get in the red zone and they're like, okay, now you gotta get the perfect pay. Then they can't execute it. Yeah, he makes his players to think too much for how poorly he prepares them to do so. <laughs> there, I can't put it any better than that. That's a great way to put it. All right, this has been barely educated. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It seems, I think you, you said it best in in that uh, just getting too cute to try to call the right play instead of just. You got David Montgomery. You're not even trying to have him punch it in the end zone. I mean, are you trying to get uh, quarterback stats up for fields by not his job? I, I don't um, even know. You know what I mean? Like they just can't score points under the guy. That's the way it goes. That's the way it's been three and a half seasons now. And the, the broadcasters talked about this too, that uh, early in the game after he rattled Montgomery rattles off a few runs, you know, they take him out. <laughs> You know why? Exactly. Why, why just keep keep feeding him? You know. Or then there was the series where they threw it three straight times to him, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, I part of that's only having one wide receiver worth anything. I mean, the yeah, roster is a mess. The coach is a mess. It, it's 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 all a problem. You know, to quote John Fox. <laughs> oh gosh, I miss John but, Fox. Um, but but the biggest problem is the coaching staff. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball, especially. Yeah, every time they showed that uh, that view of the of a play, like kind of that Madden view, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, from behind the offense, nobody's open. Yeah, it's, it's a brutal scheme. Nobody's open. It's a brutal scheme that all the former quarterbacks on their YouTube channels completely crucify. And the play calling stinks. The best observation of all for any of that was made years ago, and it's still true, by Sage Rosenfels, who said – Nothing sequences properly. Mm. There's nothing being built. There's no setting up a play. There's no, this builds off of that play. The play actions are just random. There's no sort of concepts that are designed to take a route, you know, one direction, one play and get the defense thinking that's definitely what's going to happen. And then go back the other way for something wide open. It just is a mismatch of garbage. And that's why they can't score points. Yeah. He's gone. We don't need to worry about it in the long run. Oh, gosh, I hope not. I was as we f- sit here at like 1030 Monday morning, or sorry, Tuesday morning, he's still the coach, but he's, he's gone at the end of the year. There's like no doubt about this. A lot of people on Twitter were pointing out that last night Lewis Riddick in the broadcast uh, seemed to be campaigning uh, to oh, the yeah, Bears yeah, to okay. be, uh, yeah, like, hmm, I don't know. What, I don't you- know. I mean – Maybe, but he's also buddies with Nagy, so I don't know how much to make of that. What what is truly remarkable is how much they, how much they were willing to just eviscerate the organization. Yes, bringing up the owner, unless it's a Daniel Snyder type story, is extremely rare on a national broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. That was a great broadcast, other than the replay issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty remarkable. And remember, the McCaskies are often motivated by public embarrassment. So, well, it was there the last two weeks. Was, is there for yeah, you? That's been there for a bit. Um, another Fields nugget I just saw. He's fifth in big time throw rate among QBs with 100 attempts. 
and he is first in percentage of passes thrown thrown beyond the first down marker. Wow. Which is not necessarily inherently good. Like it can be risky too. But the point is when we say the Bears haven't had a QB like this, is he's not your run-of-the-mill dink and dunker that we're used to. Uh-huh. You know, like the guy the coach tried to prepare for the starting the season in the preseason. <laughs> he is aggressive. And the worst thing that they could do is coach that out of them. Yeah, well, so far they haven't. That's good. And uh, I doubt it's gonna happen these last three games. I so- think he's he's coach idiot proof for now. And like I one year is not going to mess him up that much. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we, who we got left? Seattle Giants and Vikings again. Two of those games are winnable, right? Maybe the first two are winnable. Actually, they're all winnable. Oh gosh, no! Three game win streak saves <laughs> the jobs. <laughs> no, then they'll be seven and ten if they win out. That's yeah, not. No. It's not saving his job. They're not going to win out. I'm saying that to convince myself. Actually. They're not going <laughs> to win out. They're bad. They'll probably yeah. beat the Giants. I don't know. The Mike Glennon revenge oh, game. Oh, Mike or is Glennon. It the, or yeah, is it the I Justin forgot. Fields revenge on Jacob Fromm game? Boy, uh, um, the Georgia connection there. Robert Quinn could have the sack record broken just against Mike Glennon. <laughs> That'd be great. I hope it's Glennon. It'd be funnier. Uh, Seattle's not very good. We'll preview them later in the week. But this is a good chance for Fields to end on a good note. Okay, so back to Nagy. We all know he's a disaster. Cousin Nate brought this up, and I think Cousin it's a really Nate. interesting point. Yep. Second I would give you a Buddy Brian drop, but he's he has disappeared. Buddy I don't know Brian. if he's out of town. I'm trying, Egypt? Brian. No. No? Okay. You got to respond in the G-chat, man. No, um... <laughs> the <laughs> messing around the the idea is this is the question i should say is matt Nagy not being fired yet because they're still evaluating pace or they're going to fire them together whereas if you fire Nagy now and pace can start interviewing candidates in a week but you say to pace we don't want you to interview any candidates mm. see what the, see what the point is here because you're going to fire both are they waiting because if you went ahead and fired Nagy and then didn't let Pace interview, that would kind of be obvious that you were still likely to fire Pace and be kind of yeah. a weird situation. And I think Jacksonville and the Bears are going to be the most desirable jobs. So I'm not that worried about the head start, actually. No, I'm not either. I, I know that. How often do lot, teams but... want the same coach anyway in a cycle True. for hiring like this? True. So I was like, you know, that's a really interesting question. I could see that being the case. And if he's going to be fired in season, it's today. Yes. Like in the next hour and a half type of thing. Yeah. And if you're a prospective head coach and you've watched Fields and Lawrence play, I'm sorry, Justin Fields has looked better than Trevor Lawrence. This yeah. Year. And they've both been in disaster situations. Yeah. I still think the sky's the limit for both. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just think Fields They're is... both the number one pick if they're in this upcoming draft. Oh, easily. Easily. Like not saying close, unless it's a team that already has their young QB or something, but then but, they just trade it. So, but like San Fran, you don't know about Trey Lance because Garoppolo's, you know, still starting. And he's Jimmy Garoppolo's game. on a heater. He's been playing yeah. better than anyone the last six weeks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They're scary. Go Niners. Go run it right down the Packers' throats in the second round. I'm all in. Let, let's go. Debo Samuel, 400 total yards in Green Bay. And our, our, uh, our Bears acolyte in the 49ers, George Kittle. George Kittle. Oh, he's Do your good. thing, George. Do you your know, thing. When he was out, they weren't that good. 
They beat the Bears, but they really struggled. And then they turned it around after the Bears win. And George Kittle came back. And he is such a monster in the run game that it, like, changes their whole offense. When's his contract up? He's got to be my favorite non-Bear in the league. Let's free agent sign George Kittle. That would be fantastic. Get him over here. He loves the Bears. You know that? Have you? Did you know? Did you know he loves the Bears? I love the Bears. In case anyone's wondering... I'm sure Chris has now played the drop two or three times. What? What? <laughs> Doesn't sound like me. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's you. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't really have much else to add on that game. I'll take the garbage time touchdown just for all the box score warriors who think it matters yeah. to check the box score and then clown on fields. I'll take my 285, a touchdown, no interception, 98 rating or whatever. Thank you very much. I don't care if it's garbage time because you don't care that the interceptions are garbage time. So kindly right. – Exactly. Watch the game or shut up. It's my quarterback. Yeah, I guess looking for consistency in a lot of these guys is uh, a lost cause. Yeah. Oh, there's a ton of good ones on Twitter, but there's a ton of people that are just out of their minds. Can someone take away Hub Arkish's Twitter account? Oh, my gosh. He's just like, doubling down. His Huntley tweet was unbelievable. <laughs> He's Donald Trump when it comes to fields. Someone needs to take away his Twitter. <laughs> Huntley's a better player than Fields right now. Blah, blah, blah. I'm oh like, my gosh. Okay, first of all, John Harbaugh, then Greg Roman, then the O line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's is... just trying to save face. I tell and, you what, though. Me, how many points did Fields have against the Packers? Was Fields the problem that game? Remind yeah, me well, that score 45 to 30. So that was on the QB. I mean, I know we had the pick six. Yeah. But... And it was a bad throw, and he won't do it again. It was his worst play of the season. Mm-hmm. When I saw the highlight, I was like, okay, that's his worst play of the season. Or worst throw. Well, uh, but it's, sure just such a, it's just thing. such a doubling down on his brutal take from forever ago. Yeah, he's he's just trying to save face. And no one's letting him get away with it, too, which I appreciate. Oh, the Twitter Everyone's comments were him. just yeah. fantastic. And then he goes on the radio the next day and kind of backed down. And that's what made me think, stop tweeting. Because on the radio, you're not as ridiculous. I still disagree with him on some stuff, but it's at least like, oh, I get the nuance he's going for. Yeah. On Twitter, he's a disaster. Yeah. At least when it comes to fields. But I think he's right about COVID. It's bogus that the league decided the Bears game wasn't on the table to be moved just because it was on Monday night. Well, and the Bears they are had almost draw. as bad as the Browns outbreak. Even the bad Bears yeah. are going to He's like, it's just the money. Than... Yeah, yeah. So they weren't going to put Browns Raiders in that slot. So they weren't going to move the bears. But if you are looking to actually protect players and you care about the numbers of players, you know, with positive test, you would have canceled that game or moved it a couple days. Are you suggesting the league only cares about money? How dare you? How Um, dare you, sir? Can I just say that sports are all confused about this Omicron thing too? Go like on. The Bulls, that whole thing, all the Bulls guys, they finally, finally canceled two of the games. Mm-hmm. And then all the players are like, there wasn't even anything wrong with me. I was just bored. Yeah, you, you got to wonder if uh, Omicron is, uh, yeah, it's more contagious, but maybe it's weaker. Or, it's, you know, if you've got all so your shots, it's, it's just weaker. Yeah. I, I had to look into it constantly in Egypt because I had to know if I had to get my team out, you know, yeah. snap your fingers and go. And it's early. So, like, I'm not going to try to pretend the science is, like, locked in. But so far, the studies are showing that it's weaker but more contagious. Mm. I'm like, okay, so where does that leave us? The most important thing when the pandemic started and why I was all for all the stuff we did was that the hospitals were filling up. Mm. 
is Omicron going to be bad enough that the hospitals fill up? Because if it's not, then I think at some point we just have to live with COVID's here to stay. Yeah. The variant is supposed to try to be as contagious as possible without killing the host, right? Biologically, isn't that what the virus wants to do? Yes. So that seems like it's what it's doing. I don't know enough about it. I'm not a microbiologist. I just know that the current data suggests that it's not as deadly. If that's the case, but it's more contagious, what should the sports leagues do with asymptomatic vaccinated players? Should they actually have to sit? No, I don't. I, yeah. I mean, they, how many of them play with some other kind of virus that's contagious, but, you know, like the common cold or, you know. Is there know. evidence that players are spreading it to each other? They're not really breathing each other's air that much, except for maybe on the line of scrimmage. Like, has there been a game where it's like, this team had a big problem, and then they spread it to that team who had a big problem the next week? Just the Packers, my friend. Do you see what I'm saying? I just don't know where this is going now because we should still be very worried about anyone who's high risk. Yes. Yes. And I, how many athletes fit that? I wouldn't. Yeah, I would hate many, for the league to just ignore it. Like, I don't know what I want them to do. But I mean, when all the players are like, I don't know, I was fine. Like, I didn't know why I was out. It's like kind of a weird situation. Yeah. They, none of them are ever sick. Just happened to test positive. Yeah, and it, that's the interesting thing. If they're all just, oh, I'm positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Bulls are the best example. Like the whole team's vaccinated. They still had like nine cases or whatever, and none of them were sick. Yeah, or maybe one was like had a little fever or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, it it's interesting to see how this thing maybe it just kind of fizzles out from this point with more variants or maybe it just becomes something like a like a common cold thing you know and it's just I mean, always good to hear ideal scenario is it just being something like that yeah but my point is if it does become that when do the league say okay a positive result is not going to keep you out of a game if you're asymptomatic it's probably going to be next season before that conversation starts to happen and again we need to learn more about omicron i'm not trying to give us the final word i just i just know there's a lot of studies and i I think it's kind of funny how south africa identifies it and everyone's like we're not going there it came from south africa and they're like no what we just we see it for we like found it in the lab right exactly exactly yeah Yeah, a lot of people roasted the press for that for uh you know, presenting it that way. And, and I have to say this, it was really weird in Egypt, you, you know, spend a small fortune getting the test to give us beautiful, like, result. It's like a gold sheet of paper with a watermark and an official seal. And it's like, oh, this is like really official, you know, and it's got my negative result. I'm like, all right. And then I, the Egyptian officials check it. And then nobody in the U.S. ever cared when I got back. I mean, it could be that the policy is if the airline puts you on the plane, they know you're good. Mm. But it seems weird to me when Biden made a big deal of like the rule being 24 hour test and like, it was just like, they cared more about me me wearing a mask than they did showing my status for vaccination or the test result. Mm. 
and it was just confusing. And I wonder if in the same way the athletes are confused when we shift the requirements around and they're like, we're testing all the time and I'm not even sick. Like I, there's just a lot of confusion at this point. Yeah. Meanwhile, my Walgreens result before I left looked like a, you know, the 12 year old down the road typed it up in Microsoft word for <laughs> five minutes. It was the most generic thing imaginable. Oh. So oh just, but I think everyone's got a lot of work to do figuring all that stuff out. But the Bears survived their COVID game with a leather loss. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, but so hey, not because of COVID, really. But there are some players that uh, we got to get a look at that we probably would not have otherwise. What a weird thing to think about as a blessing in disguise. I guess that is what I'm saying, isn't it? Hmm. All right. Well, you want to meet in a couple days <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll preview the Seattle game? Yeah, we can scout them tonight. Sweet. On a Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday night football. Right. A great American tradition. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we will reconvene later in the week. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, thank so you so good. much for listening. We are Barely Educated and we will see you when we preview Seattle later this week. Idiot! I'm not an idiot. More arrogance! By Matt Nagy! I'm not an idiot. How dare you, sir! I f all the bears.